Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole, or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. That's C-O-N-C-E-R-N-I-N-G-H-I-M.com. We've been following the Apostle Paul on his journeys throughout the Mediterranean world, and most recently we've seen him in the temple uh, in Jerusalem. We've seen him arrested by the Romans uh, because of the commotion that was started by the Jews. We've seen him on trial before the Jews, the the high priest and chief priests, and his uh, being transferred to lockdown in Caesarea along the coast, and his spending several years there, uh, first in the hands of Felix, the Roman governor, and then in the hands of Festus. And now we've been uh, hearing his defense before Herod Agrippa II in Acts chapter 26, and that's where we are picking up today. Acts chapter 26, and we're going to look at verses 12 through 32 today. And I'll read that as we begin. Uh, Starting in verse 12, Paul says, In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me, and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles, to whom I am sending you to open their eyes, so that they may turn from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day I have had to help uh, the help that comes from God, and so I stand here testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I am speaking true and rational words. For the king knows about these things, 
and to him I speak boldly, for I am persuaded that none of these things has escaped his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, In a short time would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, Whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. Then the king rose, and the governor, and, and Bernice, and those who were sitting with them, and when they had withdrawn, they said to one another, This man is doing nothing that deserves death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, This man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Well, in these verses, Paul now turns his attention in his speech specifically to uh, his conversion on the Damascus Road. He's talking to King Agrippa. Remember, this is Herod Agrippa II. And he recounts how he traveled to Damascus with the authority of the chief priests. Uh, he had just finished talking about how he had persecuted followers of Christ, which is called the way uh, here in Acts as previously. He had persecuted these followers of Christ even to other cities. So the implication is that he was doing this as he was traveling to Damascus. He was looking for believers in Christ to put them in chains and bring them back to Jerusalem. Paul tells us how at midday he saw a light brighter than the sun that shone around him, and those who were journeying with him saw it too. This is the same thing Luke had told us in chapter 9 and verse 3 of Acts, and Paul had also shared this in his testimony before the Jews in chapter 22 and verse 6, as we saw previously. When he and his companions had all fallen to the ground, Paul heard a voice speaking to him in the Hebrew language saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Again, this is the same as the other passages that uh, recount Paul's testimony. But then he includes a last phrase spoken to him by the Lord Jesus that is not in those other two passages. Jesus says to him, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. What is he saying here? Uh, Bible teacher Tom Constable says of this phrase, goads were sharp sticks used to drive cattle. The figure of kicking against the goads was and is a common rural metaphor that describes opposing the inevitable, like uh, banging your head against a wall. Such action only hurts the one doing it, not the object of his hostility. So the language of, of kicking against the goads was commonly used in the Greek world to speak of opposing the gods. And Paul may have used it here to make it clear to his uh, primarily Greek audience that the voice from heaven was none other than God himself, the divine Lord Jesus. Paul makes this even clearer when he tells of his response to the voice, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord Jesus replied to him, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. 
Again, Jesus is equated with God by Paul here. Paul makes clear that his persecution of the body of Christ was actually persecution of Christ himself. Now, in verses 16 through 18, Paul goes on to reveal what Jesus said to him beyond his uh, initial appearing that we've heard before. Uh, the, the risen Lord Jesus says to Paul, But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me, and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God and that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Notice that Jesus commissions Paul as his servant and witness for the purpose of sending him to the Gentiles so that they can turn from darkness to light and receive forgiveness. This in itself is a mini-sermon to Herod and to the others that, who would be listening, to Festus, to, to Bernice, and to all the others here, uh, as to the basics of the gospel message. The gospel of Jesus Christ is that, to begin with, all people have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, and that we need uh, something done in our lives to take care of that sin problem. And Jesus, through his sacrificial death on the cross, paid the penalty that you and I deserve to pay so that we can now have forgiveness of sins when we put our trust in him and believe in him for salvation. Well, after speaking of his own testimony, Paul then addresses King Herod uh, Agrippa directly in verses 19 through 23. He begins by telling Agrippa that he was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but testified in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, then Judea, then to the Gentiles, so that they might repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with repentance. This is how the Christian life is supposed to look. If there is genuine repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, there will be actions that come as a result that are consistent with a life of faith in Christ. Paul tells Agrippa that it was for this reason that the Jews seized him in the temple, in verse 21, and tried to kill him. The reason was that he was to take the good news of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, to the Gentiles. Paul says he has nothing, he, he has said nothing except what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass. He's aligning his teaching with the Old Testament texts and saying that Christ's coming was the fulfillment of all of these passages. Paul says that the prophets and Moses say that the Christ, the, the Messiah, the Anointed One, all of these are synonyms, must suffer, and then, by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to the Jews and to the Gentiles, in verse 23. This light would be for those living in the darkness of sin. Jesus proclaims this light today through his church, who proclaim his gospel message. 
Well, at this point, the governor Festus replies in a loud voice, uh, probably flabbergasted here, Paul, you're out of your mind. Your, your uh, teaching has driven you out of your mind. Your high and advanced learning is making you crazy. Festus thought Paul to be insane for the claims that he was making about Jesus and his resurrection from the dead. But Paul responds that he is not out of his mind, but instead was speaking true and rational words. He was logical in what he was stating, as well as telling the truth. He says that the king, Agrippa, knows about these things. This would be focusing on Agrippa's knowledge of the Jewish scriptures and their law, and also current events in the land of Israel. Paul says that he is persuaded that these things have not escaped Agrippa's notice since all of this had not been done in a corner, he says in verse 26. Paul was directing his address toward the king, knowing that he would have knowledge about both the Jewish scriptures and the events that had transpired in Judea over the past 25 years concerning Jesus Christ and his followers. So Paul now directs a question to Agrippa pointedly. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. He wanted him to think about what the prophets had predicted and how they had spoke about and anticipated the coming of Jesus. Agrippa responds to Paul by saying, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? This probably does not mean Agrippa was seriously considering joining the way, but that he was somewhat mocking Paul's attempt to evangelize him here. He's probably saying this to save face a little bit with everyone else who's sitting there. Well, Paul responds and says that he desired, whether it was in a short time or a long time, that all who heard him at present might become as he was on that day, meaning his faith in Jesus Christ, not his chains, not his imprisonment. Well, the king, the governor, and Bernice leave the court and converse among themselves. They acknowledge that Paul had done nothing deserving of imprisonment or death. Agrippa says to Festus that Paul might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. So in the opinion of all the authorities who were in charge of Paul's case, he did not deserve to be in prison. And yet, this was God's will for him to go to Rome as a prisoner and testify to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in our next session, we will see him begin to move from Caesarea toward Rome. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu slash partner.